0: everyone is ron johnson and this is the ron johnson show on locked on sports minnesota i am excited today we get to talk about daniel hunter a minnesota viking at least for 2023 2024 he's an unrestricted free agent what does that mean for him and what does this season mean for him we'll talk about that next on the ron johnson show
1: locked on sports minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now, the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now.
0: hey everyone it's ron johnson This is the ron johnson show on locked on sports minnesota i'm excited because of course we know contract talk within the nfl when it's your team you cover it it makes it a little bit tough sometimes to operate um the team gets really cryptic uh the players don't want to say anything uh it, it gets tense it feels like around the facility well tense no more daniel hunter is a signed man he's got a big payday for this year alone and then now next year he gets to go out and find himself either a new team or a new contract with the minnesota vikings he's an unrestricted free agent and they cannot tag him he can't be a a franchise tag because we see all these franchise tag talks going on with the running backs daniel hunter did not want to end up there the vikings did not want that on their conscience either So that's been done. But I want everybody to know, uh, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On for any new offers they have the offer, but also to make every moment more, more. Why? Because it's football season, people. Football season. It's around the corner, and that means... The betting is going to skyrocket. We'll talk a little bit about gambling at some point this week because the NFL has gotten crazy with that as well. And that man, Sean Payton, has talked about the NFL gambling. He's talking about other oh, coaches suck. We're going to talk about Sean Payton. Don't worry. But as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom, Sam, we got to talk about Daniil Hunter because Daniil Hunter is what everybody was worried about. Daniil Hunter was what everybody wanted to know what was going to happen next. Daniil Hunter was a big reason this defense was going to do what it does. And him and Marcus Davenport, I like somebody's tweet when I tweeted out that the contract was done. Somebody tweeted, the defense now can go from zero to 99 really fast, which Marcus (laughs) Davenport is zero. That's good. Here's 99. I was like, I like that. I like that. They're going to go from zero to 99. I'm still in that one, by the way. Uh, I will give credit to the tweeter. Or, or the Xer?
1: I don't know. Is it that Xer now? Are we? we I'm never know. gonna call it that. Just just tweeter, twitter. We're xing.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm I was xing last night. Like I don't I don't know if that sounds right for kids to say. Like I'm jumping on that x. Like why why would he do that? Like all the all the negative stuff that comes around with x, the word x and how it works. X anything uh, like ex wife, ex husband, uh, ecstasy, uh, xing. Sounds like sexting. I mean, come on. Like it just to me, you could've, it could have been done a little bit better. But I'm I'm gonna call out that Xter, I guess. That Xter. That X, okay. whoever X did that. Who, who what did you X today?
1: <laughs> it's be I tweet, feel like whatever. I'm logging into an inappropriate website whenever I launch the app. It's just Yeah, it's I know it,
0: it does. I'm I'm surprised you didn't just call it Triple X. Like
1: that'd get our attention. Could have done that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but X. But tweet. It's gonna be tweet. Um, So I'm going to give credit to that tweeter. But Sam, when you saw Daniel Hunter had officially signed. So first, first, the news was thrown out there that the Vikings are willing to trade. Yeah, Daniel Hunter, and they're taking trade talks. I don't know what you thought about that one. Because clearly somebody leaked that. And I personally don't think it was the Minnesota Vikings. I feel like that was his person, maybe uh, his camp. Why? Because the minute the, that report goes out, the Vikings are, are are interested in trade talks for Daniel Hunter. Guarantee a couple of GMs are like, "Oh, hey, uh, what's up, Quasi?" So if you think about that, and then Quasi maybe like, "Hey, man, there's a there's a market for Daniel Hunter. Let's let's just let's just see what we have. Let's stick with it." Or the Vikings did leak it. Devil's advocate, and there was no phone calls that came through. And then they're like, look, there, there's no trade. Like, here's, here's the teams that called us, Daniil. What do you want to do? Because, you know, a lot of times when you trade a player, you do have that conversation, especially if you want to keep them. And, and you honestly discuss this. This is the thing that sucks. Like, it's it's tough. And um, I forgot who I was just talking to that talked about their agent. Um, I can't remember what player it was, but I just heard it on the Dan Patrick Show. I don't know if it was Aaron Rodgers or somebody else, but he was like, I tell my agent not to call me at this point in my career, i wish i knew what what guy it was but he's like i tell my agent
1: kirk cousins
0: oh it was was it kirk yeah yeah yeah." he said i trust yeah it was kirk you're right man and he said i trust my agent look at sam 50 points for the day sam 50 Mm -hmm. points to you um kirk cousins did say that he said i trust my agent to this point we've done enough work together don't call me for every little thing the vikings tell you because i don't want to have that negativeness in my head you deal with that side of it If there's an offer we need to talk about, call me. If not, just keep negotiating for me because you know where I want to get to. You know where I want to get, which is talking about Kirk Cousins because he also was playing one last year on his deal. And so he talked about this offseason. So I'm guessing I don't know where Daniel Hunter was in that. Like he's young. He's 28. He'll be 28. You know, did he not want to know everything the Vikings said about him? Um, But in the end, the Vikings, somebody leaked it. There was trade rumors. And then there was a deal done. Sam, when you saw that there was a deal done, or first when you saw the trade rumors, did you think the trade was going to happen?
1: I kind of did, honestly. I, I thought that this thing had been dragging on now for a bit. Quazi was acting a little bit crypt- cryptically. I thought KOC was kind of dodging questions too. He kind of had a couple talking points and talking about the dialogue that he and Daniel were having every day, but I never sensed that they were really confident in him coming back. So I bought it. I totally thought that it was a a possibility. I think though that there's a threshold that needed to be met to trade Daniel Hunter. You needed to get a good haul in return, like at minimum second round pick and maybe a a late round pick to go with it at minimum. Um, But Ron pat yourself on the back and and me as well. I feel like we talked on this show about this being the likeliest outcome beefing up the one-year contract, giving him top 10 defensive end money and letting it play out, letting him be a free agent next year. I think that's exactly what happened. He's making Vaughn Miller, Eric Armstead money. He's probably about the seventh highest paid edge rusher now in the league. I think this works out well for Daniil. I think it gives the Vikings flexibility down the road and uh, you know, odds are, I don't know if you re-sign him. Like this might be the swan song for Daniil Hunter, but uh, you do get him for this year, which I think is critical for this defense and the hopes of this defense being legit. So I'm I, I am, I'm okay with the resolution here. I think this is always kind of the way it was headed. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's interesting, too. So when I heard the trade, here's where I went with I tweeted it, so it's out there. Mm-hmm. My tweet just basically said, if Daniil Hunter, he has two options. One, play under a 3-4 defense, figure out if he's truly an outside linebacker, which I don't think he is. Honestly, I, don't, I just don't think he is. Um, but I do know, like, DeMarcus Ware and some of these other guys that were considered two defensive ends ended up becoming really good outside linebackers when you think about the Dallas Cowboys and the and the different Broncos. When you think about DeMarcus Ware going to the different Broncos and, and making that change, he was really good. Maybe Brian Flores knows how to get Daniil Hunter to get to what he needs to get out of him versus what Ed Donatel did. Here's the teams in the NFL, though, that, that could fit Daniil Hunter's true hand-in-the-ground defensive end opposite another defense in type of defense you got the washington commanders who are now actually petitioning to get their old name back i don't know if you saw that like fans want the redskins back so that's this will hmm. be interesting with magic johnson hmm. um new york jets chicago bears cincinnati Bengals, cleveland browns bills eagles saints 49ers i don't know if they would load up again and have bosa with the hunter that would be a lot indianapolis colts Carolina Panthers, who have room to grow and get better. They have a new young quarterback, so they have a rookie quarterback where they can pay for a defense, and they once went to a Super Bowl with Julius Peppers and had a really good defense in and get a defense. And then the Chiefs, who don't have a lot of money, but it's the allure of like, hey, I can go win a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes maybe in two years, and I can find me another team. So those are the teams that theoretically run it. Now, they do say the New York Jets uh, use a variation of the 4-3, but then they switch to a 3-4 as it's based, depending on the, the the schemes they're facing, when you think about who the Jets face, the Dolphins, spread offense, because it says in spread offenses, spread offense, Dolphins. Uh, Patriots technically were kind of like a spread offense uh, back in the day because this goes back to 2012. Um, it, it, it has been updated, though. It does say the Minnesota Vikings have been a 4-3 defense since 2012. And then it says new head coach Kevin O'Connell has announced that under a Donatel in 2022, he's going to switch to a 3-4. He's sticking to the same with Brian Flores. So when you think about those teams, and they say, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs have a hybrid 4-3 defense in 2019 uh, when they hired uh, Steve Spagnola. So what we don't know, here's what we don't know about this defense, because I hear, I hear hybrid. I hear continuously changing. I hear front, you know, Robert Sala, you know, talking about the 3-4 versus the 4-3 defense, um, and Robert Sala, you know, blah, blah, San Francisco 49ers switch from a 3-4 a to a 4-3, and that's why the Jets are running a 4-3. But they talk about it's a hybrid. I, I think Brian Flores is one of these young guys. When I, when I say those names, Robert Sala, you, hear, you know, hear some of these young names. Mike Tomlin was a young name, and he's still kind of – I think he's still innovative, though, in my opinion. Like Andy Reid, I would still consider him innovative. Even though he's old, I would see, consider him an innovative offensive guy. When you think about these young names, I would put Brian Flores in this. So for Daniel Hunter to resign, clearly there was a conversation about what could be done, what they're going to do with him, and how, like, yeah, we know you're a 4-3 guy, but, man, look, here's what our 3-4 is going to look like. I think you're really going to like it. Because and, and, think about the Pittsburgh Steelers and TJ Watt. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't truly drop back all the time. A lot, Most of the time, he's pinning his ears back and going after the quarterback. So there's... There's a rhyme and reason to this. And who does Brian Flores know? He knows Mike Tomlin. Who's Brian Flores been around? He's been around uh, Bilicek. So we'll see. We'll see why Daniel Hunter, Marcus Davenport, and Daniel Hunter now to me, I'm I'm excited. Like, I'm excited to see. Like, I know I have my, uh, I left my house for this T-shirt on. <laughs> and I feel like that's what Daniel Hunter did when he went to training camp. He's like, I left my house for this. Like, I don't, I don't, y'all ain't trying to pay me. And, 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 and say him. When you when you yeah. look at why, because I think for people to understand why, because people are like oh, man, you signed a big time deal, man. Da Hunter's contract, twenty million dollars, guaranteed, in the first year, uh, seven or sorry, seventeen million guaranteed, yeah. um, twenty million dollars. So you got twenty million dollars, seventeen guaranteed with no tag clause. They can't tag them. We know the running back situation in the NFL. But here's where it got crazy to me and when I really looked at the Daniel Hunter contract. He signed a five-year deal, $72 million. And as you pointed out, Sam, what did they do last year?
1: Yeah, so, and and that, that deal got restructured a couple times along the way. So, like, again, these long-term contracts in the NFL, they can rip them up, it seems like, any time. So right. last year, you know, remember last year he was coming off two consecutive years of injury. Uh, they didn't want to extend him last year, so they just moved money from twenty twenty-three up to twenty twenty-two hmm. to give him a raise last year. And that's why he was so short changed this year on his contract. So they 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 opened this door for for this kind of holdout last year by moving all the money up and setting up like a five million dollar salary form this year, which he was never going to play under. And that's why they had this contentious uh time.
0: Correct. So when you look at uh, his dead cap space for last year was thirty million dollars. Uh, his cash last year was twenty million dollars, and that was basically to get him to seventy-two million dollars. And they gave you're right, they gave him his whole contract as of last year. They said, "Look, we are going to honor it." So that's that's what you have to too, man. Like this was a Rick Spielman contract that quasi honored and said, "Look, man, like look, let's get you your money, man. Like I'm not going to play this game with you." Did you know this, Sam? Too, I didn't realize this. As of now, his age, and I don't know what day this is. Right, he's twenty eight and two hundred and eighty two days old. It's very numbery.
1: Yeah, twenty eight in about six months. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, or nine nine months, nine months. And his
0: experience is yeah. eight years. A lot of eights. He was the eighty eighth overall pick. Oh, Sam. It's a lot of, it's a lot of a lot of eights in this. Who eight? So maybe it's the number twenty eight million. Like, is he a $28 million signing bonus guy? Like, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing out it out That could be there.
1: the number. Yeah, could that be could number. be the number when he signs with uh, with the 49ers Whoever. next year. Maybe
0: it's a $28 million deal, $88 million overall. $28 million signing bonus and an $88 million contract.
1: I don't know. Too bad he can't wear 88 because that's retired with Alan Page. Otherwise, ah, that, that would have been nice.
0: He looks better in 99, though. But that would have been yeah. a nice homage, especially with those uh, night uniforms, the new throwback uniforms. Um mm-hmm. But here I go before we jump it over to the Sean Payton in segment two. Uh, When you look at Daniil Hunter's contract, we both, you're right, we said it on the Ron Johnson show before, the deal has to be a one-year deal just to figure this out for a year because you have to see if he fits with Brian Flores. You can't just sign him to a five-year deal and then you get him in this defense and you're like, he really doesn't fit. He doesn't fit to what I'm doing. Like Brian Flores doesn't know. Like you could see him on TV, you could watch film, but when you actually make those calls, when you actually say over front, you know, under front, I need you with the five technique. I need you with the three technique. I need you standing up, head up over the center, because um, we know we've seen Mike Zimmer do that. Where you put Daniil Hunter. I don't know if you remember that Saints game. He put Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin over the guards, and they cre- and they cre- wreaked havoc. Because he's like, "Look, the guards are their weak spot. Let me put my best rushers over the guards. I put Anthony Barr outside, and they wreaked havoc. So who knows what Brian Flores is going to do? Mike Zimmer never got a lot of credit for that, but he was that was a, a, a ridiculous a ridiculous way to look at the game and a mind like he he mind just his brain in that moment was like oh my goodness let me just go after this this uh, same defense and i think it was sean payton at the time which we're going to talk about sean payton a little bit
1: there you go
0: um but what the vikings did right they did right by daniel hunter i think that was, this was the best best case scenario was you got to sign him for at least a year uh he also knows jump into a team this late who knows where he would end up uh, I'm, he's friends with Everson Griffin. So Everson Griffin, I know, regretted going to the Cowboys for the same amount of money the Vikings offered, um, because he, you know, probably would have had a better year, would have been more comfortable, would have been home, uh, would have had, you know, people around him to help him with his mental health. Um, cause he did say he is bipolar. So there's a lot of factors in this. I'm pretty sure Daniel Hunter weighed before he just said, you know what, let's sign with the Vikings for $20 million. Also $20 million is a lot of money. Uh, more than Zeke. Zeke, or not Zeke, what's his name? Shaquan Barkley took 11. He didn't want 10.1. He wanted 11. Uh, Daniil Hunter went from 5 to 20. So that's definitely a win for the players and for Daniel Hunter and defense ends. Um, but again, in this defense, we don't know what we're going to get out of Daniel Hunter, what Brian Flores is going to do. Um, you know, I'm guessing it's going to be a hybrid. It feels hybrid ish. Uh, you think about the teams they're going to face, spread offense is definitely going to dictate what type of defense in front you come out in. Um, so we can probably go down the line at some point this week maybe and talk about that even the teams are going to face, how many teams are going to spread them out where Daniil Hunter and Marcus Davenport are not going to be true outside line. They're going to be like, you know, moving around, trying to say how can we get up to this quarterback and create pressure so he only has less than three seconds. You want to give a quarterback less than three seconds. If you give, if he can get the ball out of his hand and two-point whatever, quarterback did a great job, but the defense did a great job forcing him to throw it before he was ready to. Um, so that, that's where I go with this. I'm excited for Danielle Hunter. Happy that he got this done. Uh, that dark cloud. We were both out there training camp. It's weird. It's weird. Sometimes when, you know, contract talks, because coaches don't want to say anything. They're mm-hmm. very tight lipped and everybody feels uncomfortable even asking the question. And now they don't have to be uncomfortable. Hey, Daniel Hunter signed. Hey, Danielle Hunter. Are you excited to be back? Everybody can say, Yes, we're glad to have Daniel back. The business side of it, because Kevin O'Connor and I can say the business side of it is done. That's not my deal, but I'm glad the business team got it done. Uh, I've talked to Danielle Hunter numerous times in the facility, as he's going to allude to. And, you know, I knew Daniil Hunter wanted to be here, not one of them here. So I think for the Minnesota Vikings, that was the best case scenario. When I look at these other teams, honestly, I don't know if Danielle would have wanted to be. I mean, a Jet, yeah, three, four possible like winning, but they don't, I don't think they have room for him. Uh, they, Dalvin cook. I don't know if you saw that was just at the jets training camp. Uh, oh, wait till the daily three, Ron, we'll get into it. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, but Cleveland Browns, the just went there. I could maybe see that, uh, bills contender Eagles contender, but they don't have the money. They just signed Jalen hurts, uh, saints. Maybe, uh, if you consider them a new contender, uh, 49ers don't have the room. So you're looking at the coach of the Panthers. Is that worth your time? Now the Bengals would be a good one but I don't know if they have the money uh, because they know they got to sign Joe Burrow coming up. So I think, you know, I think for Daniel Hunter, this is the best case scenario right now. And then he'll get to prove his worth. And then the Vikings have to figure it out with this kit, with this cap, they'll get some more space in the cap next year. Uh, As we alluded to the amount of money they're going to have in the cap. We know Justin Jefferson's got to be signed. Mm -hmm. And then Hunter. If they want to resign him. They can figure that out, but it's time to move on to this Sean Payton drama. Uh, It not only affects the saints, and the Broncos and uh, who was it? The Jets. It affects a lot of teams because a lot of coaches often are caught asked, you know, being caught asked questions. And most coaches handled it well. Kevin O'Connell's handled it great because I know the Mike Zimmer stuff came up. He handled it like gangbusters. But we'll talk about that next. But before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors.
1: Let's talk about FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook, fanDuel.com/slash locked on. Football season is here, kind of, training camp form. You can probably bet on preseason football coming up, but what you can do today, you can bet baseball. You can bet a full slate of Major League Baseball action. Twins aren't in action today, but you can bet the Orioles and Blue Jays. You can bet the Rays and the Yankees, Brewers and Nationals. I, in particular, I'm looking at the Phillies and the Marlins. Yes, I like the Marlins at minus 106 tonight. That would be my wager at FanDuel Major League Baseball lines you can bet all the lines all the leagues at FanDuel Sportsbook and new customers get up to 10 or up to $200 back in bonus bets 10 times their initial bet back so bet 20 get 200 bet 10 get 100 at FanDuel just one of many great promotions always going on at FanDuel Sportsbook. Safe, secure, easy to use. Get paid instantly when you win. No better place to bet baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So again, head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Up to $200 back in bonus bets. Whether you win or lose, FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball.
0: Well, you know what? On, on the Ron Johnson Show, Sam, we, we often cover Minnesota sports. You People know that for the everyday uh, I will say this. I'm very proud of myself, Sam. I didn't, I didn't bring this up in, in the open. But my daughter's team won again. So I know last year this time, I'm looking at the trophy. Actually, it's right over here by the camera crew. Um, <laughs> the trophy's still sitting here in my office. And so we won the Nationals last year for 10U. Well, fast forward a year, my daughter just won again for 12U. They got a trophy, team celebrated. I still have my voice, Sam. I made it the entire weekend. And I did not go crazy. I kept well my done. voice, kept it together. Uh, some big moments in the game. Uh, my daughter came up to bat. Down three, six to three, or seven to four. They were down three. It was seven to four. My daughter comes up to bat. Two on. No, sorry, bases loaded. Bases were loaded, and bases I'm like, bases juiced. Bases right. juiced. One out, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Please, just, just, just put it. Don't hit a ground ball because she's a lefty now. She switched from right to left. I'm like, just put it in play. Uh, but she hits a nice stinger out to left field, scores one funny moment. She thought it was a double because technically it would be in, in most games, but these girls were really good. And so the girl got to it quick and threw it into home plate, which stopped our second girl from trying to score because technically it should have you should get two runs on a single to the outfield. Mm-hmm. um but we only got one and so she's like literally just jogging a second thinking she got a stand-up double and the girl has the catcher has the ball so then she has to like sprint back to first base and we're all like get back you know and then the next girl hits a ground ball uh girl scores she gets thrown out my daughter makes it a second next girl gets walked on purpose they walk the bases loaded even though the the and then even their second baseman screaming at their coach like, "Coach, we have two outs. We don't need to load the bases." But he wanted to be out at any base, which I get because mm-hmm. if it's a ground ball to second, you can just tag second. Um, and so he loaded the bases, and then our fifth batter, which the great good thing we were in the heart of our lineup at that point, like I think number eight, nine, luckily got on base, not luckily, but got on base, and then one, two, and three, and four, and five. We knew they would get it done. Five comes up. She hits an absolute stinger. Uh, through their uh, through the uh, infield, she she was she, Sophie. Yeah, yep. So five hits an absolute stinger through the infield, and we told her if you put it anywhere near the grass, and it wasn't far in the grass, it was like two, three steps into the grass because the left fielder charged it. My mm-hmm. daughter was at second; she's super fast. I'm like, if you put it out there, she's coming home. She rounded third, girl makes the throw, she scores, everybody runs out cheering and but yeah, I kept my voice. I was I was very uh I was like I did not lose my voice. I also I got knows. warned. I did get warned. I get I got warned because one of our girls tried to bunt and then she uh pulled back. They called it a strike. Well, then fast forward to the other team does it. Girl goes to bunt, literally reaches for the ball but it's high, calls it a ball. I'm like she offered. She swung at that. Like it was a butt ump turns around and I didn't even see it because I turned around like mad like slam I, I must have slammed my foot they everybody said the ump turned and said hey that's enough of that we don't want to hear that again I'm like all I say was well, she offered and you're mad already so I kind of that was probably right the reason why I kept my mouth shut but good thing I don't have to deal with umpires all the time
1: voice is strong today that's it's, all that matters
0: it's, it's good yeah it's a Monday and I'm like man I got my voice but speaking of having your voice there's a lot of times coaches are asked questions and sometimes they find their voice sometimes they play the i don't really feel like talking about that right now what else do you want to talk about because i know mike zimmer's done that when they ask him questions he would always do that sometimes like yeah we're not gonna talk about that but but you know let's let's talk about this team you know let's talk about the guys in the locker room because a lot of people do that hey I, how is how is everson griffin i not talking about that let's let's talk about the guys in my locker room that's all i can deal with right now um similar to quacy talk about running backs and Dalvin cook he was like hey Let's talk about my running backs. Let's talk about the ones I have right now. And so we know that. Sean Payton didn't do that. Sean Payton, when they said, hey, Nathaniel Hackett, he should have been like, let's talk about my players. Let's talk about me as the coach. Let's talk about uh, Russell Wilson. But tell me, Sam, what happened? What's the drama? Because I saw Ryan Clark tweet about it. I don't know if you saw this. Ryan Clark tweeted about it. And then he went on ESPN about it. Then Mark, uh, uh, Chris Canty, Chris Canty went on ESPN as well with Greeny. And he called Ryan Clark out, literally by name. Ryan Clark then comments on Chris Canty's Instagram post and says, "Hey, leave my name out your mouth, and I'll leave yours out of mine." And Chris Canty said, "Like you can get a or whatever, but what you said was BS." Da Like we we know what coaches are gonna do, cause cause Ryan Clark said Sean Payton was unprofessional or something else. Chris Canty was just saying, like, man, we know people say stuff all the time, blah, blah. Right. Chris Canty then back down. Ryan Clark then says. All right, I see how you're going to operate. I know how to handle you now moving forward. So, like, he's like, you got my number. You could have called me. You know, so all this drama. So I'm like, all of this from Sean Payton. So what happened, Sam? Tell me what happened.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to find that Ryan Clark uh, tweet, by the way, going back a few days. But anyway, um, so Aaron, Rod- or, sorry, Sean Payton sits down with USA Today. So I'm, I'm guessing this wasn't a press conference situation. He was one-on-one, let his guard down told USA Today that Nathaniel Hackett basically was a hack. He might have been one of – this might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. That's what Peyton said to USA Today. Wow. Obviously, that circulated, made a lot of headlines. Aaron Rodgers, buddies with Nathaniel Hackett from the Green Bay days, and he's now in New York. He is his coordinator with the Jets. And Rodgers says about Peyton's comments, Hackett is arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. I thought it was way out of line. Inappropriate. And I think he needs to keep my coach's names out of his mouth. <laughs> and, yeah, pulling, pulling the Will Smith
0: line. I know. That's, that's what uh, came to my head. Like, I could, if this were like the SB's and, and Sean Payton was on stage talking about Nathaniel Hackett and making jokes, I could see Aaron Rodgers screaming from the crowd, keep my coach's name." Out your in mouth! And then he walks up on stage and slaps, slap Sean Pay- or, uh, slaps Sean Payton, or slaps Air Rogers, slap Sean Payton, and then everybody's like, "Oh, okay, we got." Well, they do moment. play yeah. each
1: other week five. He so might slap maybe him. He might, might slap be a him. When slap he sees situation him. in the in the post game handshake. But this is Ron. This is why coaches are so reluctant to criticize other coaches, right? Because number one, they're part of the, this fraternity where they know how tough the job is and right. you never hear coaches rip on other coaches like that and oftentimes you run back into them in your career you might be on the same coaching staff as them or you oh, might, you might have want players. A
0: job you might, you want might a job yeah you them.
1: might have players that have played for them and respect them too and you then you tick them off so uh, it, it was an odd move by peyton very like he said the quiet part out loud and then he did kind of apologize. He did walk it back a little bit in his next press conference, but I think the cat's out of the bag. So what do you make of all this?
0: Well, uh, Sean Payton did say he put his media hat on instead of his coach's hat. So I think it is tough. Like people act like coaches or, or, or humans even have this whole like business thing locked down. You often forget where you're at. I, I've been that person as well. Like I know I've been on the, and the good thing is like we can edit stuff. <laughs> But I've been on Viking shows, and thought I was on a Fox show or an NBC show or Pat McAfee. You know, like you just you forget sometimes where you're at because the cameras start, lights are bright, and you're just you just start talking. And there has been a couple times on like Viking shows I've said stuff that were not Vikings friendly. Um, I've said stuff that were like that was privy information that the Vikings are like you can say it on Pat McAfee. But we don't want to talk about it on our show. Could be Dalvin Cook. Could be mm-hmm. uh, contract talks. Could be whatever. And so I've been there. I've also had the edit button. I've also had the ability to like even say it after the segment ends. Like, hey, uh, should I have said that? And they're like, no, that's mm-hmm. fine. Because the Vikings know I'm going to toe that line anyway. And that's why they love it. Um, but they do make sure yeah. to keep me in line. I'll say this. Sean Payton didn't know it. So if 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 this is where I go with Sean Payton, if he truly believes, like, hey, I shouldn't have said it, great. But if you said it knowing like you don't you are okay with it, if everybody was okay with it, that's where I feel like it's a little bit uh hypocritical. Because I feel like if nobody, like if Ryan Clark and all these people didn't attack him, uh, I don't know if he would have cared. I don't think he would have cared. I think he would have thought he's fine. Like I think he just was like being Sean Payton. I mean, this is a guy that did the skull chant in US Bank Stadium to mock the Vikings fans. Like, that, that's who he is. He has a little bit of jerk in him. It's okay. If you're a jerk, be a jerk. If you, if you can do the jerk, I don't know if you remember that dance, man. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. I know. You're a jerk. 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 So, like, he is. He has a little bit of jerk in him. We know that. We've seen him. Like, we've watched him against the Vikings year in and year out, playoffs, the way he coaches, the things he says to the media, uh, the way he talks about players. Like, he's been that way. So he is that guy. And maybe that's good for the Denver Broncos right now. Maybe that's that's what they need. Uh, they need somebody to attack and be – because it felt like they were real meek and in, 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 in like, you know, oh, we're the Broncos. We're not going to – like we don't have a quarterback this week because of COVID. So we're just going to – like Sean Payton would have fought tooth and nail to say this is absolute BS that you're going to make me play this game without a quarterback. Two, Sean Payton would have reached out to a quarterback he knows or practically and figured it out Say you know what, screw the NFL. I'm going to get a guy here to play quarterback. So when you think about all that, like that's that's where I think Sean Payne's needed. Now, talking about a coach is gone on this side of it. Mike Zimmer, no longer Minnesota Viking. Toxic culture was bought up by the players. By the players. I personally know I had a conversation with Quasey on the sideline during training camp. I've talked to Kevin O'Connell and his wife before. And, and you know, just as former athletes, hey man, like it's, it's it's so different here for training camp, man. The players, I'm just telling them like what I see, and he's like, look, and he and this is he didn't say like yeah, it's off the record. He's just like, look, man. He's like, everybody's not for everybody, and we've heard that conversation before. P.J. Flecker said that he's like everybody's not for everybody. He's like Mike Zimmer could go to Bill Belichick's culture, probably do all the stuff he does, and players will love it because they're used to Bill Bel uh yeah Belichick like acting how he acts Mm -hmm. some of these he said quote unquote some of these players we have to understand who they are he's like we're not just general he's like i'm not the general manager of like the team he said i'm the general manager of people he said my job is to manage the people and he was like i'm not worried about like anything from the past i'm just gonna build what i think works and he's like mike zimmer got to the playoffs he got to this he got the nfc championship you know like so you can say whatever you want when things are going bad everything is looked at when they were losing those players felt the pressure of losing how he acted blah blah when you're winning players are loving it think about this if the vikings do go six and what six and eleven i guarantee there's gonna be conversations about the culture like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's too late back, and he he doesn't put his he doesn't like players don't do this, and they don't do this, and they're supposed to do this. like people will find a way to nitpick when things aren't going good. It's just how it is when things aren't going good. People will nitpick. Players will argue and be mad about stuff. It sucks to lose, and when you're losing, everything gets elevated. When you're winning, you don't notice the cracks in the ceiling. You don't notice the 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 holes in the wall. You're like. Phew. Man, we 13 and four. Who cares about the air conditioner not working all the time? When you're six and 11, you're like, man, why is it so hot in here? Why don't they ever fix the air? Man, why is there a hole in the wall? Why is the couch so uncomfortable? Like, it's just different. And I think that's what we're going to see. Like, and I, I hope the Vikings always have success, but we'll see that. But on Sean Payton's note, he went too far. Like, I don't think you should ever call out a coach. Like, you should never, like, say he did a hack job. You don't know. You don't know what Russell Wilson was doing to this team. Like I saw a lot of the sideline videos and jokes people were posting every time players would look at Russell Wilson. Like, oh, so this is Mister Unlimited? Unlimited interceptions? Like, you know, like it was. It yeah. just the Melvin Gordon is probably the funniest of all. Like Melvin Gordon's face at Russell Wilson when Russell Wilson comes off and like tries to get them hyped. Then they, you know, there was rumors of a player and, and Russell Wilson getting into a fight because Russell Wilson said something in the defensive huddle and the defense like pushed him out. Like, shut up! Like we, we you know, you suck. Why are you even in my huddle? You know, like. There's a lot of that, like where it just, when you're losing, it sucks. So we'll see if Sean Payton can turn it around and they can win. And, you now if they don't, you can't say anything. He had to get a hot heck, jog. That team just is not good. Maybe Russell Wilson's not the guy y'all thought he was. And so that's, that's why I think Sean Payton went too far. I don't know. But, but what do you think?
1: It, yeah. I, like, on one hand, I appreciate candor and honesty from coaches, but I think they have to have some tact in it right like I don't think you you don't need to punch down at the guy who got fired there one year earlier it's just right. not a good look Um, you, you got to have some boundaries about who you're going to criticize and I think you know former head coach a, a respected coordinator in the league that's just not that's not the person you want to criticize and look what you've done you've already created bulletin board material for the Jets in a key matchup in your season they're going to recirculate this all the way up until week 5. So now you've put yourself up against a wall there. So bad move on Peyton's part even if he was being honest. And I mean if you look at it probably was a bad job, but again, you don't say that part to the media. You just you, that's got to be in the privacy of your coach's meeting room.
0: Yeah, well Sean Payton like I said, we know what Sean Payton is. He's got a scold chance. So I don't. I don't think he really cares. I think he. He yeah. more got his his hand got caught in the cookie jar, like I think that's the thing. Like he always backtracks when his hand gets caught in the cookie jar, and that's what happened. But we got to move on to the daily three. We spent a lot of time on the show today, so we're gonna go about thirty seconds each on these topics. But we got three questions, thirty seconds each coming up. But SiriusXM, proud partner of Locked On. Just notice you can get all the Locked On show content on the SXM app. Just go to the S xm app on itunes or android whatever whatever uh, market you use you can find the sxm app it's kind of cool too because you can get the SiriusXM xm radio stations you can get the music with you in the gym when you're working out you can have all your music right there to go if you have your subscription if your car subscription can work for the app as well just go to the sxm app But also, when you're on there, search Locked On Sports Minnesota. Just search Locked On. You'll get the Locked On Sports Minnesota. You'll get all of our shows right there on your device. You can download and take them with you on the plane if you download them to go. It's a great way to stay in contact with Locked On Sports Minnesota and the Ron Johnson Show. And this is going to be a great training camp. We're going to have a lot of content today. The players are in pass, So, of course, we're going to discuss that. What do the players look like? How strong does Daniel Hunter look? And did he even show up today for practice? Because we know there's Jonathan Taylor rumors out there about a back injury, and he dispelled that on Instagram and Twitter right away. I don't have a back injury. I don't know who leaked this. But if they put me on an injury because of my back, it's on them. They're lying. They're lying because they don't want to pay me. And that's like they don't want to pay all the running backs in the NFL. But, again, that's not what this is about. It's about XM Radio. We get all of our video or sorry, all of our shows right on the S X M app. Just search locked on Minnesota. Well, Sam, it's time for the daily three. That's three questions,
1: three minutes each. Take it away. All right. Dalvin cook has visited the New York jets. Haven't gotten wind of any offers yet, but he's visited. He's in New York. Aaron Rodgers just restructured his deal, cleared up some cash. Jets have money. So if Dalvin Cook joins a rod and the Jets, would that make them more of a contender in the AFC run?
0: Of course. Of course. Brees Hall is good, but we don't know what Brees Hall is going to be. Like, like j- any player that comes off a big-time injury and then they come back, it, it, you don't know what you're going to get. Agent Peterson, again, was a unicorn. So if they get Dalvin Cook, yes. And, and even if Brees Hall is at the top of his game, they have money to afford Dalvin Cook. You have a ridiculous ridiculous two-headed monster with Dalvin Cook in the screen game is probably one of the best out there Aaron Rodgers we know creates space he has receivers to create like mismatches downfield when everybody's chasing receivers downfield you dump it up to Dalvin Cook he's going to give you who knows what we've seen him break a long one against the coach so Dalvin Cook is a playmaker yes that will make the Jets better and the Jets fans I don't know if you saw that they were chanting Dalvin Cook Dalvin Cook and then Dalvin Cook even retweeted it with a heart a green heart Um, so he clearly wants to be a jet, but he probably wants the best offer out there. But if he, if, if if I have a bunch of $7 million offers, I'm taking it from the jets, but I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that he would just give him another weapon, take a little bit more pressure off Aaron Rodgers. Um, and it's not bad to have two good running backs in your stable, um, a rotation of hall and cook. I love it. I would love that. So, yeah, no, I think he does improve that offense. Yeah. Uh, st- staying on the running back theme, Ron, you mentioned this, Jonathan Taylor versus the Colts. This is the new big uh, brouhaha right now. So Jim Mercy the owner, had some anti-running back tweets. He needs to learn to stop tweeting or exting, as you might say. Jonathan <laughs> Taylor has requested a trade from the Colts. Now the Colts are saying that he hurt his back and they're going to put him on the non-football injury list, and it's kind of a big mess. So if if Jonathan Taylor was on the trade block, Ron, with all the drama about running backs right now, do you think he would have a big trade market? Uh, no, I don't. And not at this point because we we've seen owners
0: come together. We've seen players try to get back in the NFL. We've seen players ask for big deals and other teams not want to trade them. We've seen Lamar Jackson when he did it. They said, "Look, go out and go out and find yourself a deal." And none of the other owners wanted to help him negotiate his own deal with the Ravens. So we know these owners all talk. We know they have burner phones. Um, clearly the Arizona Cardinals had one because he was burner phoning his GM, so they have burner phones. They probably talk secretly all the time. Uh, you can say it's not colluding, but it is. But no, I don't think there would be. I think the owners would kind of come together with the GMs and just say, Hey, look, Jonathan Taylor probably wants to be a Colt. Let's not help the Colts figure out what Jonathan Taylor's worth. Let's let them figure it out. And then if they don't know, then they cut them, then we can get them for cheap. Jonathan Taylor, on the other hand this whole like back injury thing and and the reason they would do that for people to know if they put him on a non football injury deal they don't have to actually pay him his salary this year too because they, they would say it's mental health they could say it's whatever um then they could say like non football related sorry they could say like he did something outside the facility that had nothing to do with them he's like look my back is fine so they're lying um they're also maybe doing that for the trade market to say look his back is hurt what do you you know what 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 team wants you with a hurt back? Nobody wants you, Jonathan. You know, there's a lot in this and it's all dirty to me. Um, it just shows where the running back's going. Like a lot of running backs, I feel bad for a running back. Uh, because I think going forward, it's gonna get worse. It's gonna get worse before it gets better. Because a lot of teams have realized, again, I can win a super bowl without a top back. Isaiah Pacheco, Jet McKinnon. Like, you look, you go down the list. 2013, Marshawn Lynch was the last time a big time running back helped his team win a Super Bowl. Just hasn't happened. So yeah, I I think it's going to get worse before it gets better.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Two years removed from being a rushing champion, uh, 1,800 yards, and now we're talking about him not having a trade market right. and being on the outs with his team. Unbelievable how fast things change. But it, it, if Taylor can't get a big extension at age 24, uh, then, yeah, it, it is bad for the running backs right now. That's for sure. Last one, uh, Jaron Hall. We're watching his every move, Vikings' uh, new quarterback, the fifth-round rookie, had a tough practice Mm. on Saturday. Two picks, neither of them were particularly pretty, had an airmail to Makai Blackman, uh, had a late throw, got undercut for another interception. Uh, What do you think Hall's biggest hurdle is as a rookie quarterback, head swimming in this offense here July 31st? What do you think he's dealing with most right now?
0: Progression and speed. The speed of the game is so much faster. Progression, like for me, it was coverage and how quick they can change it, and how fast everything moves, and how quick you got to figure out what route you have. Um, for a quarterback, I could not imagine. Like it's the terminology, the verbiage within the huddle, the play. You got to know the protection. Where's my protection coming from? Guys coming. Who's my hot route? If I get a, if I get pressure early, who am I dumping it off to? Uh, what's my reprogression? One, two, three, and how quick do I need to do it? Like I can't. Okay. Nope. Not him. Okay. Not him. Oh, yep. Him. And it's late. Like you said, if it's late, it's an interception in the NFL. These guys are way too good. They're way too smart. Uh, and the demons are built for the guys underneath to take chances underneath. You can never be late underneath because they're going to take a chance because they know they have help behind them. If they take a chance and miss it and the guy makes a catch. So that's where he's got to have to learn is you got to figure out your progression. Honestly, Like, to run through three progressions in practice doesn't really work. Like, in games, you have chances because you can run around. Practice, like, pick one or two. Know your matchup right away you're going to, and that's going to be his biggest hurdle. It's the speed and the progression. Like, it's so fast.
1: I I haven't been super impressed yet by Jaron Hall, but I think there's time, right? This is very early on in the process. Let's get him through some games. Let's get him through a couple weeks (laughs) here and see what he can do. I think he's swimming a little bit right now. And also, when you're playing with a third team, you don't have the best receivers. You don't Correct. have the best protection. Correct. So you're also disadvantaged in that way.
0: Yeah, I think for a guy like him, his legs are part of his game, and so we'll see preseason. Like when when the when the uh, when the full goal preseason, I think because I don't even think the group practices they're going to let these guys tackle quarterbacks or touch quarterbacks, but in the game, then we'll see. And I'm looking forward to that very first preseason game, the first Vikings game day live show. Um, cause th- we're not going to talk much about Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. Like they're not going to go. I don't think, I don't think any of the, the starters are going to go. Kevin O'Connell did it last year where those guys didn't play. So my guess is he's going to have a similar take. I mean, it worked. Why switch it up when you went 13 and four. So I think he's going to have a similar, uh, approach to the preseason where we're going to see a ton of, uh, Nick Mullins and Jaren Hall, Nick Mullins for sure. And then a lot of Jaren Hall late. And, uh, then we'll see, like this guy is an athletic freak. Uh, when you put Colin Kaepernick right out there with just 707, nobody would have thought of him as a starter. You put him in a game when he can use his legs. He became what he became, which is a great quarterback. Uh, Seneca Wallace was another one. He became a really, when he realized he, okay, he can run. Um, that's, that's where I think guys like that set themselves apart when you actually see game speed and them running away from guys and then using some of the plays you created for this guy. But man, that was a great show today. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about Daniel Hunter. I'm glad he's a Minnesota Viking. I'm glad we got to talk about Sean Payton. I know this is going to come up more because coaches are going to ask all coaches in the pressers, and, hey, what do you guys think about Sean Payton? And these coaches hopefully just say, um, I'm not getting that. Like, you you, you talk about it. Um, I might secretly talk to some coaches on the sideline and see, but I'm not going to bring it up. I'm not going to say what coach told me. I'm going to just say I talked to a coach, and he told me this. Sean Payton is a – but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what they have to say. <laughs> Fill in the blanks, people. Fill in the blanks. Uh, but question of the day, if you guys are watching on YouTube, Instagram, and you want to comment here's a question of the day do you think the vikings and daniel hunter will come to a long-term agreement after this season that's a big question will they sign daniel hunter to a long-term four or five-year deal that he wants 88 million dollars i'm guessing because you had 72 before maybe it's 88 maybe it's 100 i don't know what he considers but he's going to need a lot of sacks this year to even get considered for a big-time deal like that but we'll see how he fits in this brian flores defense i'm ron johnson that's sam next i want to thank you guys for joining us remember uh uh youtube spotify iheartmedia wherever you get your podcasts, you can get it of course on youtube amazon fire and roku you can get all of our videos all of our shows right there on your tv or your devices this is a great way to keep, keep up with our show if you're at training camp just jump pop on an episode while you're sitting there waiting for the players to show up because i know you, you fans are getting in the stands early to get the best seats so catch a little episode of the ron johnson show while you're out at training camp i'm ron johnson that's it. I'm Ekstrom. I want to thank you guys. Have a great day.